It's six o'clock. It's Monday. It's time for the joke workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. We have a very, very light audience of comedians today. So we're just going to let our first comedian go for as long as he wants to. Whatever he needs to work out. I mean, your first comedian, he's at Tommy T's. He's everywhere else. He's super cool and fun and awesome. Everyone loves him. But let's give him the time to work it out. So this is a joke workshop. It looks so light tonight. It's going to be weird. I don't know what if we're going to even give comments or give a shit or if we're just going to do sets. Or uh, You're also your first comedian is a, is a fan of baseball too. So he's going to perform and then get out of here and then tell jokes to people in the stadium buying $9 beers. <laughs> I think there might be 10 or the good beers are like 11 and the shitty beers are 9. I don't know how that makes sense. But your first comedian, so funny. Everybody clap your hands wildly for Joey Avery. That's right. <laughs> this will be the last set I do before I bankrupt myself trying to have three beers at a baseball game. Um, fuck it, though. They know people in this city have money, and they will use that. Um, what do I want to talk about today? I uh, will start off. I'm just going to let you guys know. I, um, I don't know what happens after, after you die. I don't know. That's it. I know. Not why you came to Mutiny Radio tonight. Might as well get a refund. I don't have the real answers that you seek. I'm simply doing my best. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. But I do have a suggestion because, like Pam mentioned, I'm a sports fan. And what I really want uh, after I die, if there is some higher power, I want that higher power to present me with a baseball card uh, of myself. Of myself. Like, I want... That nice looking picture, okay, like I'm like maybe, I don't know, looking chiseled, like saturation up, maybe a little fig leaf over my area because, you know, God may have created it, but everybody's a little coy about a limp penis. I, uh, I think that's a good move. But the real reason that I want that is because I want to know my stats, like, I'm out here doing shit all day, you know? How much shit am I doing? That's the question that I really need answered. Like, there are remarkable people walking around, living amazing lives that they don't even know the truth of. Like, there is someone walking around right now who has pooped more poop than anyone else. And they have no idea. That's a crime. They are living a remarkable life and they're probably just getting lightly guilted by their friends who are like, hurry up, Marie Callender's is closing. They don't understand that man in there is working on history, okay? He is taking a shit that deserves a little glass case, okay, and a display in Earth's Hall of Fame. They don't appreciate the greatness that they're surrounded by and neither does that person. They're probably just rattled. They have no idea the experience that they're having right now and it's bullshit. And sorry for assuming, by the way, that that person was a man, but let's be real. Let's be real, ladies. You ain't taking, you ain't taking these shits like us. You ain't taking it. You may go boom, boom, okay, but you ain't pinching off these loaves like a man. I don't know why I have a weird pride about that, but God damn it, no woman is out shitting the greatest pooping man, all right? I take your WNBA layup poops elsewhere, all right? Take shits. That's, I'll give you childbirth, but let us have this. Um, 
what else? I uh, I I watch Planet Earth. Fuck yeah, that's right. Not afraid to get controversial on stage. I watch Planet Earth. You want the truth, you come to me. I'll tell you. I do it. I like watching Planet Earth because I like watching animals in those moments where you're just like, oh, that's just like how people are. You know, it's just like, oh, look at those animals doing what we do too. That's the greatest feeling in the world. Like there's this one clip that I'll never forget. Uh, and it's like these two birds and it's talking about how, what they have to do to court one another. And it's these two birds on a log and the male bird has to do this like perfect dance and he gets his feathers in the back and he does like a triple click like backup dance and the female bird like has to decide if she likes it and then kind of starts grooving herself and it's this weird dance and you don't know if they're going to connect like he's been working on it all spring this dance but it's really awkward to see if they're going to fit together and then eventually I think she goes away and it's like that's dating I mean that's a hundred percent what dating is like should I wear this shirt should I you know it's it's weird it's it's weird how that shit works I don't understand dating or love is a weird thing like I want to know why do we kiss what is the point of that I don't understand where that came from that we just decided like oh I love you Mm, let's port our mouth holes together it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I looked, I tried to look up the science behind it and they're like, most people think it's just because it feels good. I'm like, that's not a good scientific answer at all. That doesn't explain it. It seems like a very weird thing to do. We just put our faces together and we're like, that's because we're in love Uh, or drunk. Either one really works. Um, What else did did I have? newer ideas um let's see i uh i well i'm a millennial how about that that's right and i'll defend it yeah i take pictures of myself fuck you guys how about that like i said mating rituals are strange all right you don't get mad at birds for going caca all right it's not for you it's for the bird that that bird might fuck and selfies are now our mating ritual, you know? It's like, yeah, I have put my hair in a bun before. It's a good hairstyle, all right? It's good enough for the local librarian. It's good enough for me. I'm, s- I'm sick of millennials getting shit, okay? Who's giving a shit, baby boomers? Guess who made us, okay? You guys did. You raised us. You created the iPhone. We're just using that shit, right? It's not our, you think you're better than us just because you took acid, right? I take probiotics, that's right. My gut flora is lit. You have no idea. It's awesome. Think you're better than me just because you had unprotected sex at Woodstock? I can send disappearing dick pics. How about that? I am the Harry Houdini of cock photography, okay? I can't be stopped in this motherfucker. <laughs> it is funny talking to people from different generations, and there really are like, oh, summer of love? I probably slept with like a hundred different people. <laughs> like, shit, you think that's cool? I bet you've never slid into 12 different DMs at the same time and then proceeded to carry out really long, drawn-out, sexually suggestive conversations that fizzled out because nobody took an affirmative step. I bet you've never lived that life, all right? It's not as, not as easy as you might think. All right, let me see if there's anything else in here. 
before I get out of here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is actually a joke or not, but I am, I am, I am 26 years old. Which is an interesting age to be because they say that is the age that your brain has officially developed. And every age before 26, you're like, that's fucking dumb, right? I know what I'm doing. I don't need to listen to some old gray hair, okay, telling me when I can think. I'm thinking, fine. And now that I'm 26, I'm like, is this it? Is this all, is this all that I'm getting? You mean to tell me there are no further developments and I have to deal with the rest of life's bullshit? With just this? I thought maybe there'd be like a final iOS update where you're like, you can deal with death now. You're going to be able to understand that. Instead, I'm just like, all right, fuck. I guess, uh, guess we're shipping out to sea with this. We'll see how it goes. All right, that's it for me. Thank you. Joey Avery, everyone. Hooray! Boy, are you lucky I ate pot food before I came here because I have some very funny tags for you. <laughs> I, had, yeah. I ate. Okay, so um, first, the, one of the most beautiful things you've ever said is everyone's a little coy about a limp penis. <laughs> so funny. And your use of the word penis as opposed to cock later with cock photography. Right. Um, but I really like penis there because of limp penis yeah. it makes you pronounce that p twice and penis. it's but limp. just about that fig leaf it was just the funniest right. most unexpected thing to hear you say and it's so true because the, i never even thought about it that the reason they cover it up is that it's a tiny penis and you don't want anyone to be why did the date because you're not going to have like a rock hard cock on a thing that's right weird too ridiculous like People it makes everyone uncomfortable. The, yeah, I mean, like the statues. Yeah, feel. I mean, yeah, it would get weird. Uh, your remarkable people thing was amazing because of your specific details, like Marie calendars. I feel like you can go further when you start talking about the poop or whatever. Uh, specifically mentioning like the Guinness Book of Records and then Madame Tussauds Wax Museum as if there's like a poop that's yeah. in the wax museum because it's so enormous and amazing that it's a, re a regular person but you know they anyways I thought that those two things would just more right. specifics yeah on that. yeah yeah okay and then about the pooping this is where I thought I was really smart because you said my weird pride and then you said home pride and then you said pinching loafs, but you didn't connect it that home pride is a type of bread. So I think that that's a pun. It's like a joke that you, really? um, like you were that. like, because you, you said my weird pride. And then you went like, you're talking about pinching loafs. Maybe I came up with home pride. Maybe that's where I was. Because I said that. <laughs> but, but you were talking about poops and my right. weird pride and pinching home loaves pride. specifically. And home pride is the name of a buttertop wheat or white bread <laughs> that is very cheap and very. You know what I mean? Do you remember the commercials? You probably don't remember the commercials because you're too young. But they, it, there was like the split up wheat, the home pride bread. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing is that. Clay Newman, Clay Newman has a joke about the bird dance that's very similar where he oh, does really? a really crazy acting out. I'm just to let you know that he, that's very good. That's very good to know. Just to know. He he does the whole dance where he goes like, and he sings the song. He's like, Oh, with the lead of he lady birds, I'm coming at ya. And then he like jumps from side to side and does this thing with his hands and he, he does this. He like shakes oh, his that's boobs. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'll have to watch that joke because obviously if you're on the same lineup, you don't want to have the Right. You don't want to do the lady bird concept. Joke. Right. Yeah. That's very but good. They're note. different, but they're similar. Those but that's very helpful to note. Thank you, Pam. Yeah. Other cool. people? No. 
Yeah, I like that one because it's not like in, it's not like that written out, but it's just the feeling that I really have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'll definitely keep keep on that one. Dope. Thank you guys. Right, enjoy your Giants game, Joey Avery. Joey Avery going out to see and experience the beautiful game, boring game of baseball. <laughs> the beautiful and boring game of baseball. Actually, I prefer baseball to some other sports uh, because you can pay attention to other things while you're at the game, like knitting or. I don't know. I'm staring at people. I have no idea. Today's been a weird day for me because I keep thinking I smell my own period, but I did take a shower, so that's weird. Like, I didn't shower in a whole week, and then I finally did, and like now I'm like, ooh, I smell my period, but I'm like, that's not possible. I just must smell pennies or something. It's from the... Anyway. Yay, another comedian. Uh, it's, a show, it's a small night tonight. It's very strange. Hey, your next comedian, super funny guy. Let's all take notes and pay attention to George E. Smith. He's coming down the crib. Yeah, the Good evening. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> all right, I've been new jokes, so here we go. Hair. Been thinking about hair lately because I'm losing mine. It's fucking, it's a bummer. My dad was fucking bald and, and he was bald, so I'm going the way of my dad, which is a bummer, which is super weird because, like, when I was young, I was such a neurotic nut. I guess I like Woody Allen so much. I started fucking scratching this part of my head, and then one day there was just a hole there, and I was like, oh shit. So I just stopped. And I've never broken a habit so fast, except for like cocaine, then fucking stopping scratching my head. That's how important hair can be to people. It's so fucking weird to me. Like, uh, who the fuck was that fucking with it? Like, oh, I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Hair like a motherfucker in that show, right? <laughs> like, black women. Black women don't ever want you to fuck with their hair. That is a thing not to be done. I don't like to get patted on my head because it makes me feel like a child. So, <laughs> hair is getting really weird. Like, some people have huge bushes. Some <laughs> some people, you know, it's so wild to me. Like, I don't know. I just, for some reason lately, the people's obsession with hair and, like, I guess my obsession with it is crazy. Like, I used to wear this blue hat all the time because I was going bald. Dumb. <laughs> You're going to go bald and the hat's coming off at some point because it's hot. That's why. So fucking quit it. So, <laughs> so, like, one day I just fucking just said, fuck it, man. Like, it's so dumb. Anyway, what's the hair piece? <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking of word shit. I was thinking that dolomite, <laughs> dolomite sounds like graphite. Sounds like a fucking mineral and shit. Like dolomite, there's like superflyite, <laughs> there's fucking ma uh, maximum, you know, like ultimanium, you know, like it's so phony. But it's like, who the fuck, like at some point, somebody had to walk up to Rudy Ray Moore and be like, you know, dog, dolomite sounds like a motherfucking mineral, dog. <laughs> At some point, somebody had to say something to him, but I guess it never... Well, I guess he is... Nah, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's a terrible end for a joke. Is Rudy Ray Moore still alive? <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, because Pam likes puns. I thought I liked two fucking bad puns for fans of baking. <laughs> of course, there's the dough nut, right? And then I thought of a pastry tart. Oh! <laughs> Other than that, I'm still working on some other ones. All right, and uh, the last little thing, because I just came up with this the other day, was uh, my uh, <laughs> my friend. He works as a uh, uh, estate planner, and uh, 
uh, one of his clients, especially during Pride Week, it was really weird that this came up, was that uh, one of his clients is like, is flaming. He's just a flaming brother, and he, used, and he loves his mother. His mother dies, and he's broken down and calls my man. He's like, oh, bro. <laughs> you know, because my boss, she's dead. You know, I go to the funeral home. I'm like, all right, man. But okay, calm down, calm down. He's like, yeah, man. And I saw something so upsetting. He was like, shit, man. What what happened? He's like, I'm at this people's funeral, and I'm going into the funeral home, and I look over at the casket, and I go, I can't believe they buried somebody in them clothes. One of my favorite things I ever, that's why I love people, because like to catch your eye on something that, you know, you're broken down because you love your mother. You're at the funeral home. Why am I explaining this joke? Because I'm stoned. <laughs> and anyway, all right, I'm going to end it real quick. Uh, I'll end it with my old standard. What can lifesavers do that guys can't? Come in five different flavors. Thank you. Yay. Good night. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. I don't have a I don't have a lot of notes. I have I have questions. Okay. Um, I I'm dumb. I don't know what <laughs> I don't is is Dolomite a rapper? No, Dolomite. Uh, Rudy Ray Moore's character. I'm the baddest motherfucker on this side of the street. Is it from the seventies? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. So I thought it had something to do with Bob Dole no, and like no, no. in the eighties. I was so confused, no, and I was like. Right, well, because he, he mentioned Vegemite, and then I was like, Dolomite. I'll explain And it. I knew that I should know what Dolomite is, but if you do that cool impression. Yeah, way down in the jungle deep, a signifying monkey stand on a motherfucker's monkey's feet. You know? Well, no, see, that's really funny. And then you can look at people, if they look at you like we would and look yeah. stupid, okay, you go, yeah. you go, Dolomite motherfuckers? Yeah. Like, was everybody? Rudy Ray Moore motherfucker? And then Red you, Fox motherfucker? You can make, but then you can make fun of people for being, I mean, Joey said it straight out. He said, I'm a millennial. I'm just dumb, but you, I mean, you can say like you millennial right. motherfuckers like where what are you doing especially yeah. somewhere like brainwash or is murdering it and here old fucking dolomite right exactly and you can keep it you can keep doing the voice and having a cool voice like that that you can do gives you the opportunity to riff in that voice for sure so that you can just like talk to the audience because you do your best when you're making shit up anyway yeah so if you have like a theme to make shit up with yeah I usually then but i would it would so like but that's the thing is it and today was great this was very entertaining and great but if you do that weird dolomite dolomite voice okay. and then you can even talk to the audience and be like you don't know who I am motherfucker or whatever and be like for sure, for bitch sure. you so young or but talk like him yeah 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 anyway yeah. so that for was, sure. that's fun that's cool and um i mean and, and bald jokes you should go on a whole thing that the I enjoyed the personal touch that you brought to that beginning and i just felt like well that's a no, whole nother you know, three minutes for you to talk about, like about cool. being now you're okay to be bald because it's hot out or whatever. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're like in the winter, you're like, fuck that. Yeah, I wear the hat again, the hat comes back. Let's pretend all winter. And then you're like, fuck it, it's the summer, shave it off. <laughs> or like, sure. when, sure. and maybe that same thing can happen with women or with yeah. body hair. I'm not yeah. sure. I'll huh? embrace the fucking, the summertime bald dude. Yeah, why yeah. not? I That's mean, cool. That's a good fucking It's place a personal. To be. Yeah, right thing. on. I won. You won! Yay! <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything? Right on. Uh, yeah. Get a microphone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, one other little thing is uh, I don't know if you were going for it, but at the very end you said uh, at the very end of your hair piece you yeah. said that's my hair piece. Oh yeah. Uh, which is 
yeah. kind of funny if you commit to it. Oh, for sure. If <laughs> no, because if I said that, then I'd be. It's George Carlin's called it the hairpiece when oh. he did this, his famous hairpiece. So I was oh, like, that's the hairpiece. <laughs> well, and hair pieces are gross. I don't know if you actually know like. I know what they're, a rug they're, is. they're so gross, and they glue them on. And my friend um, I grew up with fucking bad wigs on TV. It's man. so gross, though. <laughs> no, but so, but it, it, but in real life, my friend is Roger my Moore. age, and she date. She likes. She only likes to date rich men. Yeah. So she Old always wigs. dates older. And so this one guy, she learned that he had a rug, and he wouldn't tell her, but she could smell it <laughs> at night. It smelled weird, and he wouldn't shower with her, you know, like or whatever in the morning, and. And it was a thing where she was like, why do you even have that? Why can't you just be yourself? And, but he had like four Porsches and like would take her out to really expensive restaurants and all this shit. Yeah. But I was like, and you can't be I cool can, about... I anyway. can get into women wearing wigs too. So, you know, right. that's well, a that's, But that's angle. kind of a black thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because what... That shortcut, that weird, severe kind of uh, T-Boz shortcut. Right, and that's <laughs> specifically for the wig. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's fun. So, you know, but that's, it gives you have opportunities to talk about things that, like, I don't. Um, yeah. I don't really think I can do ball jokes unless I get cancer. That would and be I, weird. I definitely can't do, like, black lady hair jokes that's just mean that would be weird that would be mean because it would be i would be being a Look dick be like oh you love my hair don't you it's so i'm like oh, oh it's so straight i just hate it because you know just why is that just the standard yeah right uh everybody clap wildly for george yay i all right your next comedian what a lovely human being he is. He's a ginger with a soul. Everybody clap wildly for Max Eddie. Wrote this shit last night, so joke workshop is where it's at. Uh, um, uh, so I was uh, um, I was talking with my friend the other day. And my friend was telling me that I should delete the Uber app, uh, which, for the record, I didn't. I Ubered over here. Um, so I gave you the ending, but you know we're gonna appreciate this ride, okay? Um, but um, I don't like that he told me to delete the Uber app because he was like, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, Uber is a very sexist company, a lot of sexual harassment going on at that workplace, and you have a chance by deleting the Uber app to do something better, uh, to make a better world for someone else. And my response was, I don't wanna! I don't wanna! You came in at a good time. Because, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I don't morally police every company I buy shit from, you know? Like, um, for instance, when he told me to delete the Uber app, I was like, wait, so you're protesting sexism by deleting the Uber app off your iPhone that was created by Chinese slaves. Real consistent there, bucko. I just don't get it, man. But um, yeah, and the same guy, uh, uh, he also went to the Dakota Access Pipeline protest, big protest in North Dakota, number one destination for vacation if you're a millennial in the Dakotas. <laughs> Sorry, Mount Rushmore. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, he went to this protest and uh, he decided to post a picture about it on Facebook afterwards. Uh, and the picture had nothing to do with the protest. It was him standing over a lake, faced away from the camera, like it was the closing shot of Harry Potter and the oil man's pipe, uh, which would be a great stoner parody of the first Harry Potter movie, if I do say so myself. But um, 
Uh, and I, um, he, he, said, he posts like three paragraphs of a description on this uh, Facebook post. At one point he says, uh, um, people want to help me while I'm here in the Dakotas. Don't help me, I don't need the help. No, you just needed 327 likes on your goddamn picture and that's why you posted this. And uh, he also said in that post, he was like, um, if you need water to survive, this concerns you. And I was like, to be fair, I need water to survive? I don't need that water to survive. <laughs> I got, my water is at least a thousand miles away from whatever water is gonna get fucked up over there. I'm splitting hairs. But the worst part though, is this guy standing over a lake and I did a little bit of research this guy was not in the Dakotas when he took this picture. He was at Grand Teton National Park, 800 miles away. This mother actually turned this into a vacation for himself. He was like, you know what, while I'm trying to save people's water, you know, why not catch uh, some of nature's beauty? You know, it's, and it, it's ridiculous and I'm, uh, <laughs> Fuck, man, I'm losing a lot of this, but that's okay. That's why we're doing the workshop. Here we go. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and uh, this guy also said in the post, he was like, um, you know, the reason we are trying to protect this is to protect water, which I already covered. Uh, he also said he, that uh, this pipeline is going to violate Native American sacred burial grounds. And this guy had posted a week earlier that on Facebook that everyone who is Christian is stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't, I know, I know Native Americans have had a hard time, but if you're saying one religion is always stupid, you gotta be consistent, <laughs> okay? Yeah, man. Um, but he works at Google now, so uh, he's doing rather well for himself. He's a very savvy man. Um, uh, but yeah, um, when I was researching for this joke, uh, I, uh, I found myself researching Mount Rushmore because it's, <laughs> it was a button for a joke you heard previously. And, uh, I, I think now I think Mount Rushmore is the perfect microcosm for America because first of all, um, Mount Rushmore used to be a regular mountain and, uh, Native Americans actually named it the six grandfathers. And now they just call it the four racists. Um, uh, but yeah, and uh, the reason it was named Mount Rushmore, I don't know if you noticed, no one whose head is sculpted into that mountain is named Rushmore. It's actually named after a New York lawyer who just walked up it in 1885 and said, you know what, guys, I'm kind of just spitballing here, but uh, why don't we call it Mount Rushmore? <laughs> That's... Uh, I don't know, that sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, and the, the best part though is, I don't know if you know this, but Mount Rushmore was not originally supposed to be just those presidents' heads. They were originally gonna go down to the waist and they ran out of money. <laughs> and I was like, fuck dude, you're missing an opportunity. If you sculpt the monster logo to the left of Thomas Jefferson, you can build them down to the feet. <laughs> like, you'll be good. But uh, uh, that's all I got for right now. Thanks so much, guys.
Max Eddie. Hooray. Uh, all right. The delete Uber thing is very funny because it's very topical. It's happening right now. I don't, I don't have... And saying that you came here in an Uber is a nice opening thing, too. That's really cute. Um, and I liked that, sorry, Mount Rushmore tag. And I was even hoping for something else that South Dakota does, like trout fishing or sorry. Because that's a sorry, Mount Rushmore. Like, sorry, trout fishing. Sorry. Like, ridiculous thing. Sorry, Corn Cob Museum. Like, whatever weird fucked up thing they have there, you know? Like, I'm sure they have a Corn Cob Museum or something. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know... I don't think I got your pipeline joke because I didn't, I kept wondering where you stand on the issue. Like you were making fun of this guy, but you were making fun of him sort of through the pipeline thing, which I get is like, is it making, you're making fun of the PC people or are you making fun of millennials in general that are like, I couldn't afford Burning Man this year, so I decided to go to the pipeline or what, you know, like it's so much great, it's such great community out here in the freezing cold with, but you didn't like mention Indians too much uh, or that you were ma- making fun of those millennials that were being ridiculous like it was kind of hinted at but it was sort of oblique and I wanted you to be because I was I, f- I just wanted to know what your stance on the pipeline issue was like whether you gave a shit or not and then how that worked into what the that guy stuff because I even when I wrote down are you making fun of this guy like what in particular are you really pushing on so just more, and then um, that Mount Rushmore stuff at the end is great. And um, I, the only time I've ever seen Mount Rushmore was in Team America: World Place, <laughs> or in the movie Mount Rushmore, <laughs> which is like neither one of them. No, not at all. It just, but the movie Rushmore has no mention of Mount Rushmore because it's the school that's called. Anyways, but those are the only like I've never seen it in real life. I don't know, except, except for the Team America. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I like that. I I think I kind of get where your stand is on this shit, just personally, just as a comedian. But I don't know. But I like the because um, <laughs> it's so shitty to say, but it's really funny because it, it really describes a lot of people about. Uh, you know, I drink water, but it's not that fucking water. That joke is fucking funny. And um, uh, yeah, that's it. I'd keep that shit because it's super funny, even though it's so shitty. <laughs> it's such a shitty thing to say, like, fuck your water. But like so many people say that shit and to just say it like that is super funny. So I dig that. Hey, George. Ivy or Steven, do you guys have any comments? You're all good? I think I walked in. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on it a good time. Yeah, fuck your water. Fuck water. Fuck your water. But it is funny the point of that, like, their water is like a thousand miles away from you. So it's like, I mean, but it is like, I guess the water table, we're all here and and it should, I I mean, I guess it should make a difference. But we should be worried about, I don't know what we're, there's too many things to worry about to be worried about everything. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Well, it's I just the same hate that we have to keep the... putting labels on everything. <laughs> the... <laughs> Even our water. Labels. Well, you get your water from Nestle. Um, but the the other pipeline things. I mean, if you want to sit and talk about pipelines, I mean, because that was the other one that was we didn't really know about, or the one in the Gulf. Like it went for like ninety days or something, where it was just spilling tons and gallons and forever amounts of just oil into the. And it does affect us because I don't know if you eat oysters. There's an oyster festival coming up, and you wonder if those oysters are from you know like whatever it is, New Orleans. They would. 
So, I mean, I don't know how that would affect us if the pipeline goes through. But you also, you didn't mention the Indians at all. Like, like I thought that whole pipeline thing was fucked up is that every time we give them land, we take it away again whenever we have, we want to use it for money of any kind. It was Mount Rushmore. Well, that was the six, and the six grandfathers. It's a great tag. So that was their land too. And then we took it and made it a monument to, to racism. Isn't that fun? We're such jerks. But that's, that's fantastic. I think, um, yeah, just try to, try to enumerate exactly where I stand on this. Because I'm really trying to call out the hypocrisy of making it a marketing opportunity. See, now that's, that's really cool because then that gives, that gives your joke a political stance that's unique to you exactly. instead of being like, but you can, with the marketing stuff, that's, that's hilarious because then it whole, goes into that whole pictures, the thing of the guy with the pictures and it's in a place that isn't even there and they're getting people on board and, and all the people that tagged in, that was so funny to me, all the people that were like, I'm at Standing Rock and I was like, why is everybody in South Dakota what, or North Dakota? I'm like, what happened? I was like, when did everybody go? And it was just like, oh, everyone was just changing their status and I'm like way to be political dick bags like change your Facebook status whoop de doo look at you you made it look at look at you be political you crazy kid it was great set though yay Max Eddie yay Ivy Cordova you want to go up absolutely your next comedian she has a show every Sunday uh, from 6 to 8 with Steven in there running the board called The Usual Sex Specs. I got to be on their show yesterday and I was microdosing on shrooms. I had a really fun time. Yeah, I was eating shrooms. Tiny little bits of mushrooms. It's a great Sunday. Right now, put your hands together, everybody, for Ivy Cordova! Hey, thank you. Yeah, I've had some pretty new adventures in the last, uh, is this on? In the last uh, few um, weeks that I'd like to share with you guys. So I'm just going to delve into some bits and pieces and hopefully some of the shit lands. So I'm nearing my one year anniversary of being separated from my husband. Uh, it's actually an awesome thing. I've had the best time. Um, so let's see here. What can I tell you guys? We, separ- we separated a while, we separated a while back. And so in the absence of my marriage, what, we've, what I've been trying to do anyway as a person is still be supportive of his artistic endeavors. We're both artists. He's a musician, uh, I do comedy and some other things. And so on social media, we've tried to at least be supportive of the stuff that we're doing separately of each other. Uh, and it was honestly going great. And he became an artist. He recently started discovering watercolors and posting experimentations with watercolors and typography, which was absolutely awesome because, again, he's a very talented artist. And then one day I realized he was using his art to take passive-aggressive shots at me. (laughs) Like one time he painted this beautiful sunset and then he... He painted this beautiful sunset and over it he inscribed it with the words, I finally gave her something that made her happy. Absence. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, I'm a supportive person. So, of course, I clicked like because he spelled absence wrong and I thought that was hilarious for somebody that's almost near 40. And um, he also recently discovered Jesus, which to me, quite frankly, is worse than um, drug addiction. So, 
a lot of the stuff that he's been doing with his art has also been painting watercolors of uh, scenery around the Bay Area and inscribing it with not just what I just described before, but also Bible verses. Uh, Bible verses about how to be a more compassionate person, how to love other people when they don't love you, and uh, not look for answers that you don't want to hear. Um, including the fact that uh, I've been on other dating websites. And I always thought it was hilarious as a non-religious person. Uh, I, I consider myself to be a recovering Catholic. So I go to church for holidays that inevitably involve a big meal afterwards because I too am Filipino. But um, I, you know, I think the problem with, uh, that people have with religion is they take the words out of context. And so when he discovered Jesus, one of the things that I noticed he did that I had a beef with long after I left the church is that a lot of people use Bible quotes to passive aggressively talk shit about each other. Uh, on one hand, the part of me that's a person with normal human feelings uh, is sort of hurt that my business and my personal shit's out there. On the other hand, the other part of me that's also a shit-talking artist feels like, you know what, who am I to uh, stifle your creativity. You go ahead and you talk and you do, you paint and you do whatever you have to do to uh, get through this thing faster, which was <laughs> whatever, gets, whatever gets us through life, right? I mean, I would also be a hypocrite if I said I wasn't talking shit because hi, guys, here I am. <laughs> and then um, he took it one step too far and started a SoundCloud account and wrote some songs about me. Wow. Now, <laughs> You know, he okay, before I knew him as a painter, I knew him as a musician. That was actually one of the things that I knew about him before we got together. We'd been friends for a long time. And I was actually a huge fan of his music. That being said, when you know the extent of someone's talent and you see the songs that are written about you and they're terrible, oh my God, it made me question what kind of pussy I had to inspire such shitty fucking music. We've had some really amazing songs about exes in our lifetime, you know? I'll name a few. X Factor, Lauren Hill. You Oughta Know, Alanis Morissette. These hoes ain't loyal, Chris Brown. Now, when you write a song that's shittier than something that Chris Brown woman beater wrote, you probably should question whether you actually have talent. So he actually, I decided to listen to this one because it was very, very direct. This last song that he wrote about me was incredibly direct. I mean, some of it took swipes at me here and there, like titles with, I know who you are now, broken promises, shit that basically sounds like a seventh grader's diary from Zanga.com, or if you're old enough as me, Live Journal. This recent song was called Sick Burn. And I decided, what did I possibly say, because he doesn't attend any of my shows, what could I possibly have said elsewhere on the big wide interwebs that could possibly be misconstrued as a sick burn? And then I listened to the song. <laughs> he was basically uh, making verses out of some of my Twitter feed. And, and the chorus of the song was, 140 characters at a time, baby. 140 characters at a time, hey, baby. A 42 characters at a time. And he's white, so I don't understand why that's like acceptable for people to be rapping like that. And again, I was less offended that he wrote a song about me and more offended that it was a shitty fucking song. 
But um, again, as an artist, I wanted to respect his journey. So I decided to actually put together a little tribute for him. Uh, I'm making a remix of that song, and I'm going to call it Rugburn, <laughs> which is going to basically be me making really loud sex noises on a loop with other people while Sick Burn is playing in the background. <laughs> all fucking true by the way <laughs> so um all right so the other thing uh, how much how many more minutes do i have Minute. okay cool so like one of the things that he took that he took uh he took offense to is the fact that i i downloaded tinder and i wasn't like down low and quiet about it uh tinder has been kind of an adventure in itself i basically said on my profile that i like dad bods beards and cats uh <laughs> you know what i mean like i basically my dream is basically to get towered by Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. I want a guy who I feel like I'm not going to run into at the gym, which shouldn't, which shouldn't be hard because I don't run and I don't go to the gym. Uh, I'm terrible at sexting. I had a guy that texted me the other night, are you touching yourself right now? And I said, can I be honest? I'm watching Clerks 2 in bed, <laughs> spooning with my cat. And he actually gave me a quote from the movie, which is, um, for $20, you can fuck Kelly after the show. Kelly's the name of a donkey. And the fact that he referenced the donkey show to somebody that he met on Tinder, for some reason, made me like him. So we fucked. What else? What else? What else? <laughs> okay, can I tell one last joke? Some guys shouldn't lose their facial hair. There was a joke. Okay, I had so much fun with this guy. I wanted to cancel my date with the second guy because um, he was pretty good looking and he also sent me a pretty impressive picture of his dick on Snapchat, which is kind of a new thing, right? So again, he walked. He, he came. He came to my house. I decided. Uh, okay, he, he said he was gonna. He said he was gonna come over after work. So I said, hey, okay, I can host. Great. Also, because I was too lazy to go anywhere. So I was expecting a rugged. Bounty paper towel looking lumberjack. Like in his picture, he had like dark hair, facial hair. He kind of looked like you, Steven. And this fool instead showed up looking like fucking Professor Snape from Harry Potter. Now, I'm not fat shaming. I already told you guys I like big guys. So it's all the more reason to be honest. Homeboy clearly knew his MySpace angles because he was a lot smaller in his photos than he was in person. That's funny because he didn't seem to have the same problem with his dick. <laughs> his oral game was terrible. I felt like he was using my pussy as a Nintendo cartridge. Just blow on it, push it back in, stick something else inside of there to try to get it to work. I think that's all I have and that's all the time I have too. Thanks guys. Ivy Cordova, all right. Oh, no, you stay up there. It's Joke Workshop. Oh, if people have comments or whatever, they give you comments. Please, please. To be it was uh, really funny. The personal stuff was really great. Um, whenever you ask what time it is, you'll always get a minute from any host anywhere you are. Okay. If you ever ask, it's just a thing. That's just for everybody. You'll see it happen, too. But usually, like, that's what you'll do. That's what everybody knows. That's what you do anyways. If you were, like, headlining and doing 30 minutes and you were done and you'd say, how much time do I have? They'd be like, and you're like, good, okay, good. Let me get the fuck out of here. Um, but, by, I mean, but when it, that's it's just a funny thing. So, you know, don't usually ask unless you want to and then, then people will tell you. Uh, but that stuff was really funny about the, all the sick burns and the stuff with the boyfriend and, um, I mean, I don't really even have, 
so good. Yeah, it was a super long setup, but that payoff with the rug with the rug burn was super worth it. So that was cool. And I think you ended super strong. Like uh, that last joke was fucking knock on. So that was cool. It was good. It was a good set. It was solid. I think uh, the only critique I would have is uh, there was a lot of setup for the first punchline, and it was funny as fuck. But I think I think it could have been a shorter setup. I think, um, and I think that's just a, a, a matter of it being yeah, it's joke workshop. But like, if you like, if it's a little more concise, like that shit's funny. That's good shit. Cool. Cool. This is a thing that people make choices or they don't, but usually. And it's joke workshop, so it doesn't matter, but you put the mic stand behind you when you get up on stage. Once you remove the mic, this is like such weird beginning stuff, but when you first remove the mic from the mic stand, you put the mic stand behind you so that it, unless you're going to use it, because otherwise it becomes a distraction for the audience. If it's like in front of you, it's almost like you're hiding behind it, but you're not. But if, if you're going to use it, then use it. But if not, just put it behind you and then... Right, and then and then if if you want to bring it back in specifically for something physical or whatever reason, then by all means. But you know, but usually people just put it behind them. But there's also that's also weird stuff. Like people will be like, always hold the mic at the bottom, and I'm like, nah, I don't do that because XLR cables are a bitch. So I usually hold it in the middle just because of here. But then some people say, oh, only professionals they always hold it at the bottom of the mic. That's like coaching somebody how to hold like a dick. Like everybody right. has their own style. Right, right. Choke you choke up on the bat in a different way. But no, but it's it's but that's the same thing with putting the microphone stand behind you. If you read comedy books, people will say like. Blah, 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 blah. And you don't know how to listen to it. It's fine. There's no fucking rules. Any other comments for Ivy? Ivy Cordova, yeah! Today's a weird day because um, I don't know if people are out of town or what's going on that there just aren't a lot of people. Is it traffic? It's, there's a Giants game. I know that. I'm like, okay, we'll just, I'll do some jokes and then we'll They're still trying to figure out where they woke up from yesterday. You're trying to figure out what happened? They're trying to figure out where they woke up yesterday. Oh, is that what happened? the big pride. Well, I know. That's the thing about gay pride. Because the Monday after pride's called shame. Right. That's really funny, Steven. That's, no, it's super funny, but that's the thing about pride that I didn't really get or understand. Well, I do get it. Okay. Like I'm not gay. I'm, I'm, I'm cisgendered. And so I'm like, I want to, I want to celebrate with my with my gays. I love all the gays. I love the big ones and the small ones and the Twinkie ones and the bear ones and the girl ones, the dikey ones, the whatever. They all are the different colors. And the, I love it. But I, this whole time, I, this whole weekend, I felt like this like outsider cheerleader. And I was like, where's the game? Where's the party after the game? I know everybody was going to the big game. I want to go to the party. Where is it? And nobody would tell me. So I was like, I was like, oh, I don't want to party with the cisgender girl this weekend. But I get it. It's fine. We party together all the rest of the year. So it doesn't matter. Give them the day to be, to do whatever. It's fine. I'm not, I'm a little jealous because I like to know where the cool parties are. And I kind of felt, felt left out, but they've been feeling left out their whole lives. So you know what? They get it. I can die. They get a day. I didn't. It's like every day is the day for me where I'm like, ah, there's too much unwanted attention. (laughs) Sorry, I don't understand. Things have been weird lately for me because whenever I wear makeup or I show my legs in any context, I get lots of unwanted attention. And I don't know if that's true or if I'm just a narcissist. (laughs) I'm like, am I just so self-centered that I think that everybody's staring at me all the time? Or is it really that I'm wearing a skirt and my legs are just so hot? I don't, but I don't want to be sexualized on the street. I hate it, actually. It bothers me. It makes me feel weird. I was in the Tenderloin 
Well, okay, so sometimes it doesn't bother me. Sometimes I wear a cute outfit and people are nice about it. So this one uh, elderly African-American gentleman was so nice and I was walking by and he said, girl, you got a nice fit on. And I thought that was cute because it's, it's twofold. One, it's a nice outfit and I'm also fit. So I found it to be a compliment and sort of a cute little play on words. I was very happy with it. I said, oh, thank you so, so much. And then I went, this other guy said to me, and I loved it, it was my favorite. It's not, a, it's not a cat call when it's a compliment. But he said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that is a good compliment. I love it. Been living a long time to look 22. I like those ones. But then this other guy was wearing a skirt one day and I walked by and he said, oh, I like your skirt. Can I get a sniff? And I'm like, why do you want to, are you, are you asking to sniff my under, why do you want to smell my boyfriend's, well, it's, I don't know who wants to smell my boyfriend's dried cum. Like, it's like, I smell like a dirty cum dumpster. Why do you want to sniff that? That's weird. I mean, I don't want to be racist or anything, but I guess a lot of black people do know what a freshly plowed field smells like. And I am like a freshly, constantly plowed. I love my boyfriend. He's good. We're, I know. Is that a little too far? That's the thing. It's pretty, it's pretty far on the racism side. I'm like, but he did ask to sniff under my, under my skirt. So I'm like, when you, when you bring the hard misogyny, I might bring the hard racism. I don't know. One of my one of my best friends is black, and we have a we have a show together every Wednesday called the Altacast, and we do we do the news, and we do the feminist news, and, and we do the drug news, and we do the abortion news. It was very abortions are important to me, as are drugs. Uh, and so we do the news or whatever, and we've been talking about feminism, and it freaks me out because every time I'm like, oh, everybody looks at me too much when I wear makeup, and oh, men are just constantly objectifying me, and blah blah blah, and she's like. Pam, I'm black. <laughs> like, you got me, girl. You fucking, you're right. I know I'm a feminist, but you're a black feminist. You get an extra layer. I want more layers, but I'm just so white and bougie. Like, I'm like, I used to have a Lexus. <laughs> what kind of layer does that give me? I'm like, I'm a communist. I got a communist layer. I don't know. I am, I am, I'm not a communist, I'm a socialist. Uh, but none of it works. Uh, communism only works in groups of 50 or less. It's just, it's just a fact that I believe in. Like when you try to make it bigger, then just, you have to know everybody's names and give a fuck about them for communism to work. So if you have too many people and you don't know them, then it doesn't, because you're like, I don't fucking care about these people. <laughs> like, why would I do? Why am I working so hard for those motherfuckers? But if you know them, then it's different. I don't know how to make communism funny, but whatever, I'll work on that. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, it's never, it's never funny. Communism is never funny because one person's always pissed off because they're doing all the work. They're like, fuck communism. This shit is, this is fucking shit. No one does anything. Just me all the time. What is this communist bullshit? <laughs> so that's when it turns into fascism, which is like my favorite thing. Yay. Oh my God. When you tell people to do things and they do it, that is the best. I love it. I have some really... I'll leave you guys with my weird birth control ideas. I've, um, I've been thinking for a long time, it's fascist, I know, but I've been thinking for a long time that um, if you have to have 
a license to drive a car, you should have a license to have a kid. So I think that you should either have to take a test, and when you pass it, they're like, hey, here's your kid card. Good, have good, fun times. But if you like, you know, if you take the test and you don't pass, and, and one of them's like, what do you do to shut a baby up? Like, wrap it up in a blanket and put it in a drawer. Okay, so if you answered that, no. So, but then, but then you have to go take these classes, right? And there are classes that you take certain hours, and at the end of it, you get a tax-free check for $1,000 or something. It creates jobs for teachers, and it's so great. And then people go, well, what if they don't pass the class? And I'm like, fascism! <laughs> Yay! Eugenics, fascism! Is bringing the master race back a bad thing? I'm totally kidding, you guys. I don't think there is any. I think the, the, the master race is actually when we everybody melds together, and then we don't have all these abnormalities. Look at dogs that breed together. They get like hip dysplasia, right? We got to spread it around so nobody's blind or like has short legs. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, you have to spread the, the more biodiversity is good. Is that, people, I'm like this accidental racist all the time. I swear to you, I'm not. And every time I say that, it makes me seem more racist. Okay, thanks. I'm, I'm if you guys have anything to say, I was kind of just fucking around with some new old stuff. Are you leaving, Max, or are you going to say anything nice? You're going to go, okay, bye. Are you going to the saloon? Uh, I'm going to go to Brainwash first. You're going to go, you're going to hit all three? Fucking clap for Max Eddy. <laughs> Road dog hitting all three open mics tonight. That's insane. I thought it was the loosest you've been in a while since I've seen you. And it's been a while since I've seen you, but I thought you were super loose and fun. Oh, and thanks. like, you looked like you were having fun, so that was really cool. Sure. And like, you weren't... Like I liked how you like the racism joke was so right on that and because especially because like the way that you follow it up with like look you're coming at me with the misogyny I'm coming right back at you with the racism go fuck yourself guy you know like I liked your attitude with like your where you're where you were standing and shit you're like it was good okay. it was cool because you were like bouncy with it it wasn't like bummery it was like fucking this is how it's feeling the like, racist stuff is hard because like nobody wants to hear a white lady talk about racism no but no but the way that you come at it is legit. It's a hundred percent legit. You can sell that in any fucking room. You sell that at the Apollo. That's a legit joke. That's fucking legit. Yeah, because of the explaining bit. Because of the explaining bit. Yeah. And Ivy, Stephen, comments. No, everybody's good. Sweet. You were laughing. Yeah, yeah. Come, come talk. No, no, of course not. If you want to get up right now, you can. Go for it. Come on up. What's your name? Everybody, clap your hands for Sarah! Yay! I'm so honored. I have, I have nothing. I have nothing. And this is going to be one of the few times that people clap for me for not having jack shit. But um, I showed up tonight. I was actually, um, I was on my way to a Bikram yoga class. It started at 8, and I had some time. I used to come here. There used to be beer, so I thought I would head over. Um, and I don't really have a whole lot to say, which I guess everybody comes up has something to say. I, I, I was thinking a lot about, I was thinking a lot about why I was going to this yoga class, and I really, I, honestly, I don't like going. I don't know why people <laughs> suffer through yoga, but I feel like as a white person, I have two choices in life, and that's to be a runner or to be obsessively into yoga. So I picked yoga because I don't like to run unless, unless 
No, I just don't. I don't have <laughs> I don't have any sports bra that's actually equipped for me to run comfortably. So I do yoga because a lot of it's laying down. And much like the rest of my life, if I can do it laying down, I'm cool. And occasionally they ask me to get up and I'm super sweaty. I always look around and I'm surrounded by a room full of people that are not sweating. They're very graceful, they're very limber. They look like they've had a lot of sex and their, their joints are all knocked out of place and they can get any position. And I'm like, fuck, I feel like crispy fried bacon. I'm super greasy right now, I'm not sweaty. I'm just greasy. But then they tell me the next pose, which is laying down, and I'm cool. <laughs> so, but I go because I think it's a form of self-hatred. Who else gets in a room where they heat it up to 102 degrees? People that hate themselves. It's like, why do people obsessively drink? They hate themselves. I get it. I'm honest. I hate myself. But let me talk about hating myself real quick. I work off the books for some rich people. I babysit their kid, <laughs> right? I asked them to finally, I, I, I asked, I was like, can you pay up? I mean, when you're the partner of your own firm, pay the fucking childcare, right? But whatever, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I'm gonna like take their kid hostage. I don't want their kid, I have no, I have no negotiating chip. Like I'd have to take the kid. I don't want their kid. I walk out happily at six o'clock. So I didn't know what to do, so I just, I asked him, I was like, can you pay me? And so mom, mom took some change out of her pocket and gave it to me. I think it was left over from the parking meter, and she said, I owe you a check. And I said, that's cool, because like I said, I do Bikram yoga, so I'm used to like fucking myself really hard with a smile on my face. I was like, that's cool. You're not paying me, it's cool. Where are you going now? And she says, oh, I'm, I'm taking my Lexus into the shop. I have to go. Oh, those are hard problems. Oh. I try to look like I've actually ever had enough money to drive a car in my life. Like, I put on my sad, like, oh, poor you face. Oh. And um, she goes, I'll get you next week. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, OK. So anyway, I have a lot of anger built up. Because I want her problems. <laughs> like, I want to even have change in my pocket to throw at the babysitter and know that she's not going to take my fucking kid to Tijuana. Because those donkey shows are always hiring. So, I want her problems. I, I even want her busted car. I, I've never seen it. It's busted. But it's Alexis. Like, how busted can it be, right? And, uh... I went down to the doctor's office and I've started going through the process of getting tattoos um, removed. And so what they do basically is they put a laser on your skin and they burn your skin off. And I have to tell you, I think it's like, it's like the, the real punk rock version of going to the fucking spa. You lay down and they make sure you're sitting comfortably because you don't want to like get up and hit anybody. And they shoot you full of lidocaine, so you feel all like loosened up. Like I think it's like, I think it's like having like a mud bath at the spa or something. But you get all loosened up, and then you can't feel your hands or your arms. And after you're all shut up for the drugs, they laser it off, and then they wrap you up with bandages, which is kind of like having cucumbers put on your eyes. And you get up and you feel all busted, but you know you're gonna look really good in a week. Like I'm sure people who leave spas that they go to like 
cleansing spas and they shit out their insides and they eat raw salad. If, if you're white, you know what I'm talking about. Because if you're white, you've probably been on a juice fast in the last week. You don't have to admit it. It's cool. Um, I'm here for you, white people. I am. Um, I didn't shit out my insides. But you know what the thing was? I didn't realize that getting a tattoo removed off my finger, I wouldn't be able to piss afterwards, which is really stupid. I have to say, my personal issues, I go into every situation having to piss, which I walked in here tonight... I pissed. I, just, it, I, I don't know. I have no bladder. Um, I think I have a very tiny, small sack, and my body intended to be stuffed with like drugs and paraphernalia, and instead, in lieu of that, I sometimes fill it with pee. But I had to pee so bad afterwards, and I couldn't move. And I was walking around like the bride of Frankenstein, but with no gray in my hair because I'm like paranoid about my age. So I cover that shit up, die, and I walk out to the bathroom, and I couldn't put on my pants, so I had to go back and ask the receptionist to like unbutton my pants, which is like totally not awkward because I drink in a lot of bars in the mission. So I, I have experience asking strangers to take off my pants. But it wasn't weird at all. And then I go back and I take off my pants with my elbows and I'm like, this is like a skill I did not know I had. Like, it's almost like when people go, I can pee standing up. Now I can say, I can take off my clothes with my elbows. <laughs> This opens me up to paraplegics and a whole other dating pool out there that I did not even know. If a man called me and said his name was Stumpy, I'd hit it. I would. And then I'd tell him the story about my elbows in the dermatologist's office. So yeah, and I've been peeling a lot this last week, and I feel so good when I leave, probably because also they give you a script for Vicodin, but I felt so like... Like, everything was just cool. Like, you get on the bus afterwards. The 22 Fillmore, it's been said before, it's been memorialized in every piece of literature about San Francisco, but will always smell like gel and chicken. But I got on. And just this one time, it, the smell did not bother me. Like, I had this piece of my core. And I connected, and I had joined it, and I had met with my inner child, and my inner child, for once, was not sitting in a shitty diaper. It was like a little Zen Buddha inside of me. I said, you little fuck, where have you been? We got on the bus, I was peaceful. I went home, I was all wrapped up. I'm scabby as fuck now. If I met a guy that was into scabs, he would totally try to arm fuck me. So my question is, this is my question, where are the guys like women covered in scabs? Are they in the TL? Have I been in the wrong neighborhood? Because I'm sure there's a market. There should be a market, and I should be, I should be cornering the market. I should be straddling the market. I need to find me a scab-loving, stump-wearing, sexy-ass man. Thank you. Keep it clapping for Sarah! Yay, Sarah! Is that your first time doing comedy ever? That was amazing. Oh my God, you did like 10 minutes. That was super crazy. It's really great because it was, it was recorded too. So if you, we become Facebook friends, you can listen to it on Facebook. You can send it to your mother, yeah. It's great. That was a great fucking set. We were dying. I can't believe it's your first comedy set ever. You had lots and lots of punchlines. Like lots of punchlines. Ivy was losing her shit back there too. <laughs> You, you enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, we were, la we were laughing hysterically. I'm sorry it went so long. 
No, no, you were great for your first time. Oh my God, that's what this place is for. That's what this is. It was so good. Wait till you listen to it. It's really, really good for your first time. But it's always good to do well your first time because then the second time you suck, you suck balls. And then you're like, I got to do it forever now. Oh, I see what you had removed. Oh, wow. You had a mustache removed. You, it wasn't a mustache? Oh, okay, good. Okay. No, 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 but people used to put the mustaches on their fingers. Oh, she knows what I'm talking about. I'm an idiot. I, I believe some guy told me last night a joke, and it was a joke, and I thought it was real. He was talking about, oh, he was talking about Ben Stiller trying out for being John Malkovich. And I was like, Ben Stiller was up for the role in being John Malkovich? That doesn't make sense. The movie's called Being John Malkovich. It was, were they going to change the name to Being John Stiller? Or Ben Stiller? And then he's like, no, Pam, it's, it's, that's a joke because the movie was written for John Malkovich. Okay. It said, be quiet. And so you did it to the children all the time and you were like, shh. Yeah, that's, your, that's the finger you do the children with? I'm sorry, I'm a terrible person. I'm a nanny too. Oh, the pointed for the grown-ups. Yeah, the ch- the, it, it's great. It's really good. It's really good nanny material. It's really super funny. Well, thank you guys all for being here tonight at Joke Workshop. Thank you guys for running the board and doing your last training. You're super ready for Sunday. Uh, you guys should listen to their new show on Sunday from 6 to 8 called The Usual Suspects. Uh, it's going to be really funny and really amazing. They're both really funny, talented, and intelligent people. They're going to be bringing you all kinds of sex talk and other things. It was really fun yesterday. I had a really good time. Uh, but this has been Joke Workshop. Coming up at 8 o'clock is FTW, Forever Two Wheels. Join us on Wednesday for AltaCast and Some Call Me Tim. And on Friday for Happy Hour and Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse. All right, bye! She know I'm cash it. I ain't never liking these niggas, they know I'm packing. And I got all my money, I ain't, I ain't never capping. What you really wanna know, I ain't never liking, never liking. I got my money, get my bands, and I got my fifties. I got my honey now, and I cop the bills. What you know? What you mean? You won't even talk to me. And I can't wipe a bitch. Never cover thought. And I know you want to blog. Trying to give all the top. And you say you get a guap. For those who have an insatiable appetite for all things in life. Who scream at nothing and everything at the same time. Who dance till sunup. Who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow. Who rival the moon with gravitational force. Who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck. Who don't give a fuck. Who make. Who do. Who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs. Who draw shock and all on faces graced with watching who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion, who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born, I say to you I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact I know it best when I say to you I love you the Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. You mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit, it's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? 
then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. L-S-D, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, and acid, acid, fapping, fapping, and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you, that song is called Acid and Fapping. This is Tuchel Matos with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Stand every Sunday at 1 p.m. Parking Unidos Unidos at 23rd and Folsom. The free farm stand and all volunteer run project of the No Penny Opera. It's about sharing the wealth of urban farms and gardens. Making, helping making local growth, fresh and nutrients, organic produce accessible to all, especially those in individuals or low incomes or tight budgets. The Free Farm Stand grows food in San Francisco and distributes its it for free. We act as a gathered place and mission to encourage community growth and involvement. This effort resolved most around gathering surplus foods from neighborhood gardens. 
various farmer markets, community gardens, public and private fruit trees, and hosting a space where this bounty can be shared with all. We also work with produce to the people who harvest organic fruits from backyard fruit trees and public spaces and bring it out to our free farm stand. For more information or if you want to help or if you have or know of a fruit tree that he's picking, you can contact Lauren with at Produce to the People at Produce to the People. No. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato! Is this a metaphor? What a Tomato Produce Company in San Francisco. For all your wholesale produce needs, 2055 Jared Avenue. Hope your legs are looking sexy, because we're going to charm your pants off. Come to the Charm Offensive Comedy Show at Punchline San Francisco. It's a night of great jokes, magnetic personalities, featuring the Bay Area's most awarded comedians, plus national headliners. You'll laugh. You'll swoon. And when you regain your composure, you'll swipe right. Tuesday, March 7th. Doors at 7, show at 7.30 at 444 Battery Street in San Francisco's Financial District. Brought to you by Paco Romaine and Destiny's Mom's Comedy. Our last show sold out, so get your tickets now at punchlinecomedyclub.com. Charm Offensive at Punchline Comedy San Francisco. Tuesday, March 7th. for Dan. Come to the microphone, Dan. Looking as depressed as normal, so healthy. Um, I'm only going to be here for a quick minute. Uh, Arden's going to take over the second half because I got to go deal with my woman. Let's not dig into that. I'm on break. Yeah, no, she she hates me. Uh, I'm just I start I'm starting a new job tomorrow as a new private investigator firm, and uh, yay yay for me. Hey, job. It'll be um it'll be fun. Oh, sorry, that's right, it's your face. Uh, because I'm gonna be all over California like week to week. So I'm going to go to Santa Ana next week, follow someone. I'm going to go to Reading the next week, follow someone. So I'm wondering if there's a way I can, like, insert comedy into that lifestyle, you know? That would be fun. Get into all the different... I guess it would just be open mics at this point. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be good. It's, I like being a private investigator because it's the only job that attractive people are objectively worse at. Who's this attractive person following me? Anyway, I'm anxious to get out of here, so uh, Adam, you're up. Thank you for that enthusiastic introduction and blessings on your getting out of here. Hey, everybody. Uh, so, you know, I've been thinking about relationships lately quite a bit. Um, you know, we all want to meet someone or have someone and... To me, it comes down to it being a question of holes. 
No, not not like that. Dirty minds. Uh, just like that that hole in our soul from being a human being with a body of discontent that we want to like cram another person into. We want to meet someone and say, "Get in my holes! Get in my hole!" I need something in my hole. Okay, that does sound more like the first thing, I admit it. Um, but we, we all have like, we have this giant thing that we're walking around being a human and being like, I'm not happy because I have this hole. And, you know, ultimately we try to fill it with donuts. Every single person has tried to fill their hole with donuts and then discovered that donuts have holes. So it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Jewish. I'm a terrible Jew, though. Like, um, the extent of being Jewish for me pretty much means, like, once or twice a year, I'll get together with other Jews, and we'll, we'll have a very nice dinner, and we will ponder age-old questions, like, when did Hanukkah start? Um, yeah. But it, basically, I'm white. Like, being Jewish at this point for me in America means being white, although with the recent white supremacist protests, I might be just Jewish enough for those guys. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, being white is, it's conflicting to me. Like, I don't get me wrong. It's awesome. Like being white, if, if you're struggling at something and you haven't added being white to it yet, that's definitely your first point on the troubleshooting chart. Like, is this going wrong? Cause I'm not white. Let me try being white. 80% of your things will get better immediately. Um, but like it's come to my attention that white people are kind of we've done some shitty stuff and um and so like i for me it just gets in the way like when i talk to someone who's not white i see them as people i see them as equal but in the back of my mind it's like oh my god you are carrying such a larger burden than me how can i relate to you as a human so i've tried lately i've just been trying to think okay i'm jewish we've been through some stuff i'm not trying to be to be a person of color or brown can I just be like off-white? Can I just be like a cream or an eggshell? Um, so I did that for a while and then that went sideways because I became an off-white supremacist. I don't hate, you know, people of color. I just hate the pure white people. You guys know who I'm talking about. The fucking Dutch, right? I mean, I want to tell them to go back to, and I can't even tell them where to go back to because they're too fancy to name themselves after a country. It's the Netherlands or Holland, but there's no like Dutch place. So it's like, go back to Europe with your weird pickles and your Flergen talk, you fucking Dutch mother. Yeah. Speaking of holes, at some point you just got to face yours and like that might look like a breakup. And that's like, um, you know, you really fall in love with someone. Like, you know, you're in love with someone when the farts are funny. I think I may have just blown the punchline. Anyway, there's a fart punchline coming. Let me just telegraph that. Uh, so, <laughs> you know you're in love with someone. Uh, like, I woke up at, at like three in the morning and I thought my wife was having a nightmare. And I was, honey, you're having a nightmare. I heard you screaming. And she looked at me and went, no, I farted. Went back to sleep. It's like, it's adorable. And then, uh, you know, when a relationship like that ends, I, it's kind of a hard time. And those kind of times are, they're almost like drug experiences. Like you... Uh, you wind up losing time and just kind of coming to in random places. Like I came to the other day and I was staring at a giant jar of pretzels. And I realized I was in Costco and I was way too high. Just staring at this giant jar of pretzels, just going, 
how are there so many pretzels on earth? Those pretzels could feed a village in Africa. Is it racist of me to make this about Africa? That's okay, I'm off-white. I'll take five pretzels. And then this five-year-old went, this is Costco, there's no one here to help you. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm 39 years old. It means I grew up in the 80s. Um, I grew up playing, yes, thank you, thank you, 80s people, 80s people. Uh, I grew up playing uh, Super Mario Brothers. And uh, I'm confused now, because they just released the Mario Brothers for, for the iPhone. But I've gone from the 8-bit Mario I grew up with to this perfectly rendered Mario where the graphics are so good, all I can do is stare at his ass. It's not even like a sexual thing. It's just adorable. Um, another thing I grew up on was Revenge of the Nerds, which is great. And I was really thrilled with the, uh, the reboot they did recently. It kind of went by me for a second. Then I realized it was all over the internet. It's called Google. Um, the nerds have won, and, and I've kind of given it. Like, at 39, you have to stop trying to be cool or not a nerd, you know, doing that thing. I used to walk around with pants that had so many zippers that were not necessary. It was like I was telegraphing to the world, there are so many people trying to get into my pants that I need decoys, ladies. <laughs> Did you just make a frog sound? <laughs> um, yeah, what else am I going to talk about? Uh, um, I think that's about all I got tonight. You guys have been wonderful. Give it up for your host. All right, let's hear it for Adam Garden. Next up, it's the one, the only, the Sabrina Seriously, the one and only. There is no other comedian in the Bay Area named Sabrina Miller. <laughs> and uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna dig deep a little bit. I'm gonna talk about my childhood. I, uh, I actually, I spent about four years in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Um, if you're not familiar with the city, which you probably aren't, um, you don't just end up there, right? Uh, you, you end up there for a few reasons. Um, number one, your car breaks down on the way to Myrtle Beach for spring break. <laughs> That's one reason. Uh, another reason is for, um, is for like EOD training, the explosive ordnance disposal. And that's why, you know, my dad dragged my mom, my sister and me there because there's no other reason to go to a place like that that's smack dab in the middle of the dismal swamp where you can smell it before you see it. You can smell it. I can't even imagine getting nostalgic for that. And, and that, is its you know, that is not its least attractive attribute, believe it or not. It goes downhill. <laughs> this godforsaken place didn't even have a bookstore. Not a bookstore. Yeah. So when a young guy you know, said to you that he read Playboy for the articles, you kind of had to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a really sad town. Some 16-year-old some kid, he's like, he's like, God damn it, I'm so sick of jerking off to Miss, uh, Miss September. Fuck. He's like, you know what, I'm not even into it, fuck it. Let, let's just read it for the articles here. Let's see what's going on here. Oh, what's, what's going on with Reagan and Iran-Contra? Hmm, interesting little editorial. Also, the only part left to read because the pages weren't stuck together. <laughs> what else can I say? 
We weren't even good enough for Dairy Queen uh, back in the, in, in the EC. Not even good enough. Uh, executives were scouting new locations. They were just driving down 95, and they're like, oh, what's this place? And they're like, no. No, thank you. We do not want our name, our reputable, reputable business, sullied by this town. No. Do not want our reputation sullied. God damn it. <laughs> I realize I just wasted two fucking minutes when I could have just used the tagline, Elizabeth City, one of the few towns in America where an F3 tornado can only do a million dollars worth of improvement. <laughs> all right, so, uh, and for, for all of us California folks, here's a, here's a better, better way to put it. If you took a newlywed couple who had lived in Elizabeth City most of their lives, God help them, and you, uh, let's call them Bob, Bob and Arlene, uh, let's say you, uh, you pumped Bob and Arlene full of sedatives, you blindfolded them, you flew them across the country and dumped them off in Modesto. When they came to, on a spring morning, it would, it would kind of be like that scene in Field of Dreams. That's how I imagine it would be. Like Arlene would look at Bob and be like, is this heaven? And then some local would be riding by on his bike, you know, and be like, God, no, dumbass. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's Modesto. And then he finds out they're from Elizabeth City. He Googles it. And he's like, he feels so bad for them. He's like, I'm so fucking sorry. You had to live in that hick town where the biggest social event of the month was going to a pig picking. He's like, hey, y'all, you want to go to a pig picking? It's like, well, there's no bookstore. There's no, there's a, there's no multiplex. Well, I guess so. That's where we're going on Saturday. I actually went to a pig, pig picking. I am not proud to admit that. I, uh, I was a southerner for a while. It, it, took a, it took a while to get rid of the accent. Just, I, never, I, I never, I always suppress my accent, accent out here. I don't, I don't want to get judged by people. By you enlightened San Franciscans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can only be so PC and like, you know, accepting and progressive. <laughs> but if you show up with a, if you show up talking about a pig picking and a southern accent, and being all nostalgic about it, just forget it. The, the only thing wor worth, no, not worse. Okay, the only thing harder than growing up in Elizabeth City in the late 80s was being transgender in the late 80s in Elizabeth City in the South, right? Um, and um, like I said, there was no bookstore. There's no way I could have gone to the biography section and stumbled on a biography of uh, Christine Jorgensen, so... You know, I, th I thought it was the only one. The, the only transitioning I knew about was from, you know, uh, I would say uh, rotary phone to push button. Yes, I am old enough to have a callus on my index finger to prove I have to, had to dial that fucker. Uh, the other transitioning I knew about was from Catholic to Jew. <laughs> Reason I knew this is because we didn't even have a Jewish family in our town, Ian. Uh, someone actually had... I, I don't know. I thought you were Jewish. I don't know. I just thought maybe you could relate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel horrible. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Everybody. Everybody. We did not even have a Jewish family in our town. Someone actually had to convert so we would have some diversity in that fucking place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, fast forwarding more years than I'd care to admit. I... Um, I, I actually, I moved out from the East Coast to San Francisco for a fresh start. Uh, came out a couple of Januarys ago after coming out. And 
a funny thing is I never really knew how much guys thought about sex until after I stopped trying to be one and after I came out here. San Francisco guys are, they're like way more aggressive than, um, than the way they are in the, in the small town where I came from. I, I wasn't even here three days before I got my ass grabbed at a bus stop. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, that was the first time I'd ever done that. Been like, you like use the hand, swear to God. And it was a very eventful first 12 days. And uh, I've actually been kind of writing a song about it, like my 12 days in SF. I, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't written all the verses, but here's what I got so far. So, on my third day in SF, the creepers gave to me three boob grazes, two ass grabs, and a damn girl, you're really tall. <laughs> I should say, damn girl, you're really tall. Yay for me. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So, I, I, am, I am at that age where I just feel this need, I don't know why, just this need to, to reconnect with, uh, with classmates from my graduating class from high school. So I was at Phil's coffee shop, I want to say uh, it was last week, and just sipping on my Silk and Splendor and, you know, just, uh, you know, on the internet, just uh, going to all these websites, stumbled upon classmates.com, so I click on that. I find 62 of my classmates using the classmate finder. And so I'm just like, I'm scrolling through the list, I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, uh, don't remember him, don't know her, she was a fucking bitch, fuck her. It's like, oh, there's Andrew. I, I remember him. I, for some reason, we, we weren't really friends, but we were acquaintances. And I was like, he was always so nice and, like, and really shy, too. Like, I, I wonder what happened to him. I, I wonder what he has done with his life. So I, uh, there's, like, the little bio on there. So I, 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 uh, I clicked on more to read more of it. And that was redundant. <laughs> so I'm reading it. And it starts out, she is from Minnesota. And... <laughs> Uh, she, uh, she's widowed and uh, she now works for the Navy. And I'm like, what the fuck is it? I'm like, is this a typo? This has got to be a typo. And then I, uh, I, I'm like enlarging the, uh, the profile picture. I'm like, holy shit. And it was like, that was Andrew, like only, only completely transitioned. I'm like, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, what are the chances? What are the chances that like, I wasn't the only one who transitioned from male to female in my class. I mean, what are the chances? And there it was. And, and, and you know the crazy thing is my uh, my uh, my birth name, the, yeah, the name that, that 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 was given to me at birth was was Andrew. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> I am not making this up. It blew me away. And like I I, I remember thinking I, I was in tears. I was so happy for her that you know she was living a genuine life and you know she was just really just living living life like she was meant to and i think i can't wait to go to go to go to our 20th high school reunion uh next year and like we're going to share our stories we're going to share our stories of pain and triumph you know uh, you know all that stuff just uh, just all the joy we're now experiencing but but not the award for most change god damn it we're not sharing that one that's mine yeah i earned that shit universe that's, that's my compensation. I, I don't know, it might get like Tranny Highlander or something, because there can only be one, and it's going to be Sabrina. All right, my name is Sabrina Miller. You, you have been listening to my Transtastic set. I'm going to turn it back over to your host, Dan Shively.
It's Chris. Can't say the last name, just avoid it completely, right? That's that's the goal. Uh, I was gonna do impressions. How fun is that? Is that a fun idea for everybody here? Oh my God, impressions. What is it, the 80s? <gasps> Here's my impression of a racist. Uh, I'm not racist, but... <laughs> It's gonna get better. Here's my impression of Michael Jackson. That's it. He's dead as fuck. He's not saying e -he anymore. Okay, that's the impression. Here's my impression of Wolverine, the superhero, fisting a guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's so funny in my head, man. I don't know. Dark shit happens in my head. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else would I want to... I coach youth soccer, <laughs> believe it or not. I coach kids. The person who came up with the Wolverine joke helps kids <laughs> learn soccer. <laughs> wow, one of them is... Um, I coach youth soccer, and people assume that the hardest part about coaching kids is is handling kids, but it's not true. I'm American. The hardest part about coaching soccer is liking soccer, you know? <laughs> it's a very hard sport to like when you're American because it's hard to like a sport that you're not good at. I think Americans are good at soccer because we don't have any good dances down here, you know? Because there's no... You have to have... To have good footwork, you have to have good dances. You go anywhere else, they have tango, merengue, river dancing. Here, all we have is square dancing, which is just walking around in a square rhythmically like stupid ass crab. Of course we suck at soccer, but you know what we're good at? We're good at baseball. Because baseball is basically just square dancing, except they tilted the square a little bit and call it a diamond. That's all it is. You know? Of course Americans are good at the one sport where you can have a beer belly and be successful at it. That That is what it is. Maybe I should do another impression. Uh, here's my impression of Netflix. Stop fucking in front of me. Is that good? I don't know. Does anybody really fuck while watching Netflix? Aren't the shows too good to, <laughs> right? Like, what, what, why would you, you're paying for the member, unless you're, yeah, that's true. I leech off people. Um, did I have any more fun impressions? <laughs> These are stupid as hell. Here's my impression of a training bra. Come on, ladies, come on, get to work, let's go. If you want to survive in this, fuck, what's their name? What's the name of the society? Patriarchal Society, get fucking bigger. All right, there it is. I don't know. Patriarchal Society. Of course, the male forgets that it's called a patriarchal society because I benefit from it, so I have no reason to know that it's a patriarchy. That's some heady shit. I do coach kids, gonna go back to that. Uh, I don't like kids either. I used to go on a rant about kids. I used to call them vaginal scum. People didn't like that because I don't have kids. And you know, when you don't have kids, there's no reason to talk about kids. But I have written poems and I feel like writing poetry is a lot like having kids, you know? Because you're the only one that really has any appreciation for them. You're kind of embarrassed that you created them and you know, you know one of them might change the world, but for the most part, if one never happened, if a few never happened, the world would be just fine. A few aborted poems will be good, be fine. Speaking of abortion, that's a good way to start a sentence. Speaking of abortion, another dude has an opinion on it. Uh -huh. 
I don't have an opinion on it. I just, here's what happened. Because my mom, she was pregnant with me at 17. And when she told uh, my grandpa that he was going to become a grandpa, he offered to pay for my abortion. Which, and people think that's not a good thing, but I kind of love him for that, like a lot. Because I think he was just looking out for my mom, you know? Because he's like, listen, that kid... I can just tell, he's gonna go through some suicidal bullshit. Just don't pay for the pills or therapy. Put the hanger in there now. Save you some money. Come on now. The guy that came up with the Wolverine joke. That's how I think, okay? Um, yeah, but he's a good guy. I wasn't aborted, hence existing, but I don't think I would have mind having had been aborted. Does that make sense? Do they make, because you know, no taxes, no no fear of fading into obscurity. I'm surprised fetuses aren't aren't protesting for their own abortion right now, you know? Just like, throw a hand, stick out of their mom's belly. Abort me, don't birth me. Hashtag, I don't want to breathe. Fetus lives don't matter. How's that? <laughs> That's just a fun, just a little bloody hand sticking out of a belly button. All right, uh, I want to try, I watched The Shining recently. I think that explains a lot of what, why this is happening. I watched The Shining. Here's the thing that happened. Because if you know The Shining, it's Jack Nicholson. He takes his family up to a cabin in the woods because he wanted to have some peace and quiet up there, but his family wouldn't shut up. So he started like trying to kill them, which is horrible, but I was watching the movie and I was like, dude, I get it, you know? Family can be a bit much sometimes. I go home for the holidays, I hear one Christmas carol, I'm like, somebody get me a fucking axe, please. Not to kill them. I don't want to kill them. Because th you kill somebody, they become ghosts, they haunt you and shit. The, the only thing worse than hearing them say, Chris, your disappointment is if they drag it out, Chris, your disappointment. I don't want that. I just want to scare them. Swing it around a little bit, scare them away. That's all I want. It's not a good day when you can relate to The Shining. I'll do one more thing. I do like horror movies. Uh, my favorite, not my favorite one. My favorite one recently is Get Out. But I, I have no reason to say that. It's not part of the joke. But here's the thing. Horror, horror movies, they can, I like them, but they can be a little too unrealistic sometimes. Like, real Texas is way scarier than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas. You know what I mean? So much, like... Leatherhead is like an angel compared to an N-word using redneck. Because <laughs> Leatherhead will eat your body, but the redneck will eat your rights. And that's not what we want from us. Okay. That's it for me. Thank you all for your time. Okay, next up we have uh, a very special guest today. He's a... Uh, He's a master of roller skating. It's Matthew Quirk. I have mastered many things in my lifetime. Uh, by the way, I got a career solution for you that you can like, you know, uh, comedians with criminals in cars. I think you got a podcast coming, Dan. I think you could rock that. Uh, so anyway... <clears throat> Oh, God, what was I going to talk about up here today? So uh, how about Trump dropping the uh, mother of all penis envy on that poor Bernie man camp out in Afghanistan? Man, nothing small hands about that, right? Anyway, no sparkle ponies or unicorns were injured in that bombing. Don't be alarmed. So anyway, 
it just reminds me of like, you know, I don't know if you saw those photos of him with that truck. He was playing vroom vroom in the truck, right? Like they managed to wrestle the nukes out of his hands. So he blew up the next biggest thing he could find. And it's like, dude, that's why we don't give five-year-olds matches. You know, like you're cut off. Anyway, political humor, killing. Why don't I just dig deeper into it? So trannies are uh, too bad. Where trannies, where trannies go to the bathroom is back in the news. I mean, have those people just been holding it this whole time? What's the deal? I got to tell you, so uh, I'm in plumbing, right? And I got to tell you, all toilets are the same. There's no difference. Although they have made those half flush ones. I'm, you know, keep my eye on those. Uh, you know, uh, as an originalist, I think I have to inform everyone that if the founding fathers were to look at this situation, they would be like, indoor plumbing? You know, they, you know, they had an, an outhouse or cholera. That was really it for them. That's where they were. There's, that's, yeah, politics, baby. This is my crowd. You know, I tell you what, I learned something very important from this last election from you as a Gen Xer, that uh, we can't rely on millennials for shit, is what I've learned. I mean, uh, I guess we should have known. I mean, you guys are all like allergic to peanut butter and bread. Like, we have, how can we have faith for you in the future? You know, and it's just thing after thing. I mean, you're like, I'm paleo, I'm paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm so paleo. You're, nothing about you is paleo. You know what's paleo? Shivering. Shivering is paleo. Works your core. It's those hard to reach muscles. It's sorry, it was so thin back then. They're shivering all the time. If a paleo was alive today, they'd be eating bread and donuts. They'd be fucking fat and diabetic, and they'd be loving it. They'd be so happy for where they were in life. So just enough with the paleo. And your stupid fucking workouts, CrossFit. I I'm so <laughs> CrossFit. We had this thing when I was growing up that took the place of CrossFit. It was called chores. They were called chores, and you did them. You stayed fit. Fucking CrossFit. Big for nothing. The only reason to do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit. That's cocaine. That's cocaine. Cocaine went to rehab and came out as a fitness routine, and that's why we have CrossFit. I had someone when I did that, they're like, aren't you afraid someone from CrossFit's gonna like kick your ass or something? And I'm like, fuck no, man. I'll slap the water bottle out of their hand and they'll get all dehydrated and they'll just fold like a cheap suit, man. They're afraid of getting a concussion. Even mini concussions are just, oh, shut the fuck up. Man, when I was growing up, they didn't have concussions. It was called getting your bell rung. And it was good for you. Built character. Built character. Nobody for concussions. Everybody wears a helmet here. You all have to wrap your dicks for sex, too. I managed to start before AIDS, so. I know what the real thing is. Anywho, I don't like to go blue necessarily, but that's another area where you millennials just have it too fucking easy. Pussy, Jesus. 
Man, pussy today is like the Iraq war, like nothing but scorched earth down there. There's nothing between you and Baghdad. There's no mystery, right? When I was growing up, it was like fucking Vietnam, right? You're in bush in the jungle, like looking out for Charlie and shit. Like you didn't know which way was north. Right, the G-spot hadn't been invented yet. The orgasm was still a myth. And the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle. You know, you'd be like, are you sure it's this way? Yes, keep going. <laughs> and we didn't have Google Maps or the vagina monologues to tell us what to do or nothing, man. We were just on our own back then. And it made us tougher. I mean, it's tougher. Another place you guys got it too easy was fucking weed, man. Weed. Anybody here from 1987? You remember 1987, right? The year America ran out of weed. <laughs> Back then, there was weed or no weed. And now you got all your fucking which club has the special on Red Congolese this week and the dab bars with your fucking shatter honey glue drip fucking bullshit. None of you save your roaches and hoard them till Sunday because they're special. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? Man, we had to suffer for our weed. That made us tougher too. The highs were just so much more fun then. 57 fucking joints in one dab. You can't appreciate that. It's terrible. With your fucking... We've seen you devolve. I mean, we used to, like, be homo sapiens looking each other in the eye as we passed the joint amongst ourselves. And now you all got your individual fucking vape pens and you're slowly becoming, like, homo sativas and homo indicas as you just wither away before us with your Pokemon go walk off a cliff bullshit walking headlong into traffic because your brain is pixelated by a nav app because you lost your ability to find your friends in a park. No fucking future with you guys. Zombie apocalypse. Jesus, it'll be the fucking millennial apocalypse. Anyway, so this is a dry place now, right? But I brought kombucha with me because the man can't fucking stop me, man. Fuck them, man. That's right. I finally took kombucha and made it bad. For reals. Speaking of kombucha, I used to think that was just like some marketing genius took some turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together and convinced us it was something worth drinking. But now I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. Yeah. I've been drinking that stuff, and man, it is causing major climate change in my floras and my faunas, and just producing methane in insane amounts. Yep, insane amounts of methane. Yeah, so I don't know, what, what else should I talk about? I talked about toilets. You know, I would like to, now we're talking about, let's talk about some laws about toilets. Can we finally settle for once, like whether to roll the toilet paper, like towards the wall or away towards us? Like we need, we need to be fucking together on that. You know, if you look at the patent, they'll explain it. And another thing about the pissing on the seat bullshit, I for one would rather be the guy who leaves the seat up 
than the guy who pissed on the seat. Because sometimes I'll come in to urine and I'll just kick that seat up and piss and leave it up because I would just rather. But most toilets have a lid. And I think we should all be grown-ups and enough of this seat up, seat down. Close like a jar, like close the lid when you're finished. Like a, like, like a human. All right, peace. Matthew Quirk, the master of many things. Next up, it's Ian Levy. Hello, it's me, Ian Levy, uh, or Levy, however you want to say it, it's fine. The, uh, the person that Serene Miller singled out for being Jewish. So thank you, Serene. That happens to me a lot, actually. Last night I was in a bar. Uh, this guy next to me, uh, he was like, oh, but he, he just started a conversation with me, and he was like, who is that, uh, that comedian on HBO? And I said, like, you mean John Oliver? And the guy was like, no, nah, the Jew. And he looked at me and he squinted. He was like, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Which, if he did not suspect I was Jewish, I guarantee he would not have said not that there's anything wrong with that. Let's see, I don't know. It seemed, let's see, I don't know. I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm Jewish. It's, I'm not, I was, because my, for me it's weird. I'm in a weird situation because uh, my, uh, my dad's Jewish and my mom, uh, my mom isn't. And my dad, uh, and in the Jewish faith, uh, Judaism is passed through the mother. Uh, and so to, to Jewish people, I'm not Jewish. And to people who are not Jewish, but have seen my face, I am Jewish. Like that's just how it goes. I have a Jewish last name and everything. It's a weird, it's a weird uh, middle ground. I, I, I always tell people I'm not, I'm not a Jew. I'm not Jewish. I'm just Jewy. Like that's the most. I got just a general presence of like, you know. I know a good soup deal when I see. <laughs> that's, that's, I like soup a lot, man. And, I, and you better believe I slurp the shit out of that soup. It's like every day is like a deli <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> I instantly regret saying deli in my mouth. That just sounds <laughs> unpleasant. I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I was visiting my, my uh, dad uh, the other day, um, uh, and he bought matzah. Do you guys have you guys ever had matzah? You know matzah. Um, yeah, eating eating matzah makes me think that the Jewish people enjoy suffering. Like that's how it's. I looked at the ingredients, uh, and the ingredients are one uh, flour, two water, three salt, four the end like that is <laughs> that is so sad that is so put, come on for the love of put some, some sesame seed in there i don't know but <laughs> any, anything spice of that taste a little bit it is so so awful it's weird i don't i never know how to how to identify i get i get this, this that weird thing a lot that, that happens i um uh, I, I was in another bar. I, I spent a lot of time in bars and a lot of time people think I'm Jewish in bars. I don't know. But, but this guy came up to me and I was wearing a, a beanie that was like, it was red, white, and blue, but not, it wasn't like an American flag. Color. It was just like, it was just the color scheme. And the guy's like, uh, Hey, how's it going? Uh, I see your beanie there. I don't know any Jews who like the Patriots. 
I was like, what? And he's like, you're, you're, why are you wearing a Patriots beanie if you're a Jew? <laughs> I was like, what are, what are you? <laughs> First off, way to start a conversation. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not really Jewish. Like, I'm debatably Jewish. And he's like, are you, are you sure you're not a Jew? Like, you, you seem pretty, you seem like you're a Jew. And like, <laughs> what do you say? I mean, all I know is if history has taught me one thing, uh, it's that if people are very interested in my Jewish heritage, uh, do not confirm that Jewish heritage because they are up to no good. Like no one's ever like, Shalom, here's a latka. They are probably going to murder me or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. I can't tell if you're laughing at my jokes. You're just really high. It's... it's <laughs> You're not that high, okay. But it's a little bit like I, it's, you know, it's a little like at the lap. You're giving me a bit too much for what you're working with. <laughs> oh, thanks, I appreciate. No, 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 no. Thanks, no. You guys, that's that's the Jewish half of me. <laughs> why, why is it always me? Why is it always me? Yeah, Woody Allen. That's. <laughs> uh, dear. I, uh, what I wanted to talk about, I, I had some jokes, but I could just talk about my actual day. I found out my, um, my, uh, good friend, uh, his grandfather passed away today. Um, and it, this is someone I was particularly close to, but I, growing up, I was at his house a lot. He was a very nice man. Um, I just, it, it's kind of been, been weird making me think about my life and stuff. I thought that he when he was 24, uh, he fought in World War II. This is a man who was a soldier uh, in World War II. Uh, doing that at 24, I think, is almost as brave uh, as telling jokes to people in, <laughs> in front of, uh, you know, that's about almost as brave. It's not quite, he didn't quite get there. But he, he, was, he was shot at uh, by Nazis and stuff. His big, his big claim to fame was he was, he was patrolling through Normandy set up in a camp uh and they were like marching around uh and then he slipped and fell in the mud uh, and said screw this i'm going back and he went back to his tent when he was supposed to be patrolling like that's the big thing he did in the war but i just thought it was a nice story i thought i would share that but i guess it wasn't good enough for you you want the joke so we'll continue i was trying to have a nice moment and you're just all staring and <laughs> oh, fair enough um as I've been thinking about my relationship with my father recently. I've been thinking, uh, we did all, always have a great relationship growing up. There was some awkward stuff, but we have a really good relationship now. We're like, I, I feel like I'm the closest I've ever been when he comes to visits or I go to visit him. We talk a lot. We get along. We have a lot of the same interests. And so it makes me think that now uh, the best thing for everyone uh, would just be for my father to die because it's only going to get worse from here. Like this, like we, I think our relationship has peaked and it's like, no, it's true. Like I can only disappoint him now. Like we're kind of close. He, I would rather him go out thinking maybe he succeeded at comedy than knowing I failed. So like, this is a lot funnier on the walk over here in my head. But, uh, if you guys are feeling it, that's okay. Maybe it's too dark. Do you guys, do you guys, uh, I, I got heckled the other day. I got, I got heckled the other day. Uh, this, this guy on the street, I wasn't even doing comedy. I was just walking down the street. That's true. This guy was like, yo, what up Dorothy? And I was like, Dorothy. Oh, cause my red shoes. And he was like, nah, it's cause you look like a bitch. <laughs> I was like, 
fair enough that's i mean i don't know that's uncalled for but <laughs> why did he feel the need to tell me that i don't know <laughs> do you guys do you guys like living in san francisco do you guys like being from san francisco maybe maybe in the bay area what i what i like about the bay area is that it is that it doesn't matter who you are as a person, right? It doesn't matter who you are as a person, uh, whatever your gender, whatever your sexual preference, like whatever your racial identity. Um, I think we all in the Bay Area come together and together we pretend homeless people don't exist. Like that's just a thing we all, we all, like every single one of us here has walked past a homeless person, told them they didn't have any change, uh, and then gone into a cash only mini golf course. Like that's a thing. <laughs> I have done that numerous times this week. <laughs> too dark is that too <laughs> is, it, is it too too or is it too accurate that's the real <laughs> is it is it too truthful am i am i touching truth that's what not not, not for you yeah uh, so you always give the homeless cash <laughs> I've just seen it for too many years. you've seen it for too many years fair enough that's this tough uh is where you're from okay so you're actually from the bay area that's pretty cool that's cool. I'm I'm transplanted in Sacramento, so it's, it's it's close. Yeah. Do you do you guys know you can no longer be buried uh, in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. We've we've run out of space, so your only options right now. No, that's true. So your only options now are that graveyard out in Daly City or the graveyard out in Piedmont over by Oakland. But you know, even that land now is getting contested. Like it's getting hard to get grave plots, uh, which means even after death uh, we still have to deal with gentrification like that is 